0: And we welcome you here to episode 104 knew we'd get around to it eventually But uh, we got Cherokee Rewind here on the docket and this time around we're gonna head over to the Hoosier State And we're gonna say hi to a guy if I'm trying I do all of this from memory just so you guys all know Uh, I don't look (laughs) things up. I don't try to cheat and try to figure things out ahead of time I try to do all of this from memory and what I remember about this guy, and by the way, his name is uh, Doctor Jonathan Hale. And of course, uh, back then he was uh, he was just that crazy defenseman that played for the Cherokee back in the day. And John, it was uh, if I remember, I'm trying to remember your jersey number. Was it was it six or was it, it five?
1: It may have been six. It was either six or fifteen. Yeah,
0: I was trying to remember six or fifteen were the two numbers I was thinking of.
1: And I Yeah, so was- I I was 15 all growing up and then playing midget AAA. Um, I played with Kyle Kleinschmidt and he was 15. So I switched, I think, to 19 in AAA. And then um, I don't think he started that year on the Cherokee. So I think I kept 15 that year. And okay. it may have been when I got to IU that I switched to, to six, but. Okay. So that,
0: it was I, I, one I, of the two. I was going to say, now, how many seasons did you play with Toledo? Just one. First one? Okay. That was part of the Fort Wayne experience, the invasion. Uh,
1: yeah. I think that all started with like Ryan Potts, maybe. Yep. Or at least he's the one I, I, they're the one of the first ones that I remember coming over here. Yeah. I think he, he started
0: it a year early and then the, the big invasion came with chris hoy you know i mean it was i think potsy and kleinschmidt and then it was like chris hoy uh you um try to think uh well, dj fisher ryan
1: ryan pots was there first and then i know the year before me it was uh cole herb chris hoy uh kyle kleinschmidt and i think uh kobe peters was over there the year before me as well
0: i think it was like mike moore all those guys or
1: mike Moore, yeah
0: hmm. So there was there was quite a few that came over. And of course, you know, I always say blame Larry, you know, Larry Herb. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> but uh, anyway, so first off, uh, welcome and thanks for doing this. We appreciate you. Um,
1: well, thanks for having me.
0: Hey, you bet. And Now, I want to talk a little bit here about what got you started in the sport, because I mean, yeah, I, the, the biggest influence for hockey in the state of Indiana even though there's another professional team, there's junior teams, but let's face it, when it comes to hockey in Indiana, there's nothing like the Fort Wayne Comets and what they do yeah. to not only the, the Fort Wayne area, the city of Fort Wayne, but the, the, the state itself. I mean, it is just, you identify hockey in the Hoosier state with the Fort Wayne Comets live or die. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, that's definitely what got me into hockey was the Comets. My, my parents are, are from Anderson, Indiana, so not really any hockey nearby there. So they didn't really even know anything about it. Um, and then, you know, back then I was born in 85. So when I'm little, those games were a cheap place to take your kid to entertain them for a few hours. <laughs> um, tickets were cheap back in the days and you could get a hot dog and. A pop or whatever for a couple bucks, and uh, I think prices have gone up quite a bit since then. But um, it was cheap entertainment. You know, we'd get upper-level tickets uh, back in the old barn they had there, and I mean, the Comets games were always rowdy. So, like, you
0: know, yeah. See, but
1: five-year-old,
0: the five-year-old you, the (laughs) five-year-old doesn't love
1: a little bit of violence.
0: (laughs) Well, that's true. Now, see, I'm I'm old, and I remember the old uh, Fort Wayne Comets when they played Toledo and that rivalry was crazy. I mean, that was when, when you think of beer leagues, that was, that was truly a beer league uh, back then because it was (laughs) the old IHL and he had, you know, 10 cent or 25 cent beer night every now, every so often. And, when i say things got out of hand that's that that doesn't even begin to describe it uh the the bus trips you know that people would go to to go to either fort wayne or fort wayne to toledo uh either either city going up to like flint or saginaw when they were in the loop oh my goodness it it would get insane and there
1: was several years i remember big rivalries between um the Comets and then the Indy Ice, you know, a big mm-hmm. in-state rivalry, and maybe that's the one I paid most attention to, just because it was in-state. But I remember those games getting heated and being so close. You know, it's like fights in the stands, and oh yeah, good good family entertainment for a yep. young aspiring hockey player. <laughs> yep, exactly, wholesome family
0: entertainment when you got fights yeah. in the stands and and out in the parking lot you're you're slicing tires yeah you know the usual <laughs> not not nothing uh nothing else more than that but anyway uh let's talk here about how you got your start you said that the the K's were a big uh introduction to you as far as hockey was concerned uh but what made you i mean you went from being a fan what made you want to play
1: i mean it it was just I mean, it was exciting and it was fast and physical. I mean, you you know, I had kind of already kind of tinkered around with, uh, you know, baseball and soccer and a little bit of basketball and some of that stuff. Um, I didn't start doing like the learn to skate stuff until I was like seven. So I had already sampled a few other things and we went to a few of these Comets games and I was like, well, I want to try that. I'm going to try what this is. my parents are like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you so, um, yeah. Um, and kind of, you know, I don't know if this thought entered my mind at the time, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, one of the big, uh, big fighters for the Comets, Steve Fletcher, um, you know, just big guy, mean on the ice and, and um you know, if you ever got the chance to meet him, he's like the sweetest guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just kind of you know, as I'm, you know, learning to skate and you know, getting opportunities to meet some of these guys as a little kid, it's it was cool to see these big mean guys on the ice, but they're just big teddy bears off the ice and you know love hanging out with the kids and giving backs. So, I mean it's I mean, just kind of all that combined um, with with what Fort Wayne or what the Comets do for the Fort Wayne community was just really what drove me onto the ice. And, you know, once I got there, it's just fell in love with the game.
0: Now, uh, so were there any NHL teams or players that you ever, like, uh, wanted to, you know, that you ever gravitated towards to when you were young? Uh, were there anybody that you followed in particular?
1: uh so when i was really young it was just the comets but then as as we grew up i had an older brother um and, and he really liked the detroit red wings and like any good any good uh little brother uh uh i just rooted against the red wings <laughs> and rooted for any team that was playing them so um it was a lot of the uh chicago blackhawks and then when I started playing travel in, in middle school, it was the it was ninety six or ninety five ninety six, and that was when Patrick Waugh went to the uh, went went to the Avalanche. So I was a big ABS fan for a while with Patrick Waugh because he's like my favorite player. So,
0: oh man, you, those you, were the
1: teams I mostly followed, but it was really just out of spite and you know. I remember. It's a one-up my older brother. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Well, you, do you remember the uh the big brawl at the Joe? That.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, Chris Draper got what? hit the year before and got his face basically destroyed, and then uh, McCarty yeah, and went after yeah. yeah, goalie fights. Yep. <laughs> Those were the best. That was again old. good, good
1: wholesome family entertainment. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> true. Very true. Oh man, I remember that like. I that is forever etched in my head. Uh if I I'll probably if I ever get old and forgetful, I'll forget a lot of stuff, but well, one thing I won't forget is that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that
0: that was when uh the sound of the arena had feeling to it. It was like usually yeah. when you've get when you've got a a barn a barn that big like Joe Louis arena it's so huge in there the echoing that the Acoustics it echoes so you know yeah it's really loud but it doesn't feel like it's on top of you because it's so expansive when because you, you got twenty thousand people in there. Well, yeah. With that one, it was so intense and so loud that it felt like the old uh, Memorial Coliseum or in your in your area or the old sports yeah. arena where I'm from, where the it you didn't it wasn't so big and expansive so the sound reverberated right back at you and it was right there on top of you. And it just shook the building. And that's what that whole night was, man. It was like, it shook the building. And
1: then when yeah, my- those, and those players and fans all hated each other. And mm-hmm. I mean, so much energy in those buildings.
0: Yep. And it was funny because I remember Darren McCarty who started everything. Uh, did he was the only one I think that didn't get thrown out of the game out of everybody that fought. And <laughs> he ends up scoring the winning goal in overtime, uh, and it's like, oh my god, that was just and well. What do you know? Uh, they win a Stanley Cup to back to back. You know, so yes, yeah. that had that had to be kind of difficult for you and probably really good for your brother when they did that.
1: Well, the fir- I think the first year actually the the Avalanche won it.
0: Well, yeah, they won it. Was, well, that, but that was then, when they had the, when the, when Draper got his face broken by Lemieux and uh-huh. nothing happened at that point. It was the year after that. The year that uh-huh. that happened, okay, that yeah, was yeah. the year Ray Bork got to raise the cup uh, yeah. for, for the Avalanche. Cause they beat, then they beat Florida for the, for the cup.
1: So the, I think the first year that the Avalanche won it, was in 96 and they beat florida and then i think the wings had a couple years and then it wasn't until like i think maybe 2000 or 2001 when ray bork won it with the avalanche because i don't think he was a part of their first cup
0: i'm just i can't remember but i know he he raised a cup with the abs
1: but yeah i I know he didn't i mean it's a lot of a lot of hard uh, playoff series with the wings in between there. Oh <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. Now, uh, did you ever go to any NHL games as as a kid, as when you were younger?
1: Not really. I mean, there was a couple times we would go. Um, we went to a couple uh, Blackhawks games if we were playing teams in Chicago, um, and they were in town. I mean, it, kind of around that time. I don't think the Hawks were having the biggest draw, so
0: that was uh, the United Center, bit, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So still
0: um, It's the NHL man. Or it
1: may it, it may have even been old Chicago Stadium back then. Oh, I can't really? remember. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that with uh, Wayne Mesmer singing the anthem with the piped organ.
1: Yeah, yeah, the organs there are pretty sweet, so
0: Yep. That's, that's old time hockey, buddy. That's, I remember that well. Um, and it just, uh, like I said, there there's nothing, there's nothing like that old school stuff. Uh, now, when you played, how old were you when you first started playing uh, organized hockey?
1: So I, I did the learn to skate at seven. And then my first year of score hockey was my first year of Organized organizes playing house league. Um, then the second year I made like the house select team and then, uh, in Peewee's I started playing travel.
0: Okay. So do you remember anything about who coached you back then?
1: Yeah. So, um, Peewee's, it was, the head coach was Bill Berg. Um, he was a great guy. Um, then in bantams we had this guy dave orne who you know i think at the time he was you know maybe in his mid to late 20s so kind of super relatable for uh you know us you know teenagers you know preteens, teens or whatever you are at that age uh, that we think we're adults um oh yeah then uh then our first year of of midget triple a we had jim keely with larry herb as an assistant and then the second year i think larry took over as the head coach um even though cole i think i think larry coached us the second year even though cole came over that year to uh toledo okay i think
0: well do do you remember what it was like when you first started playing were you nervous were you scared uh were you like super excited? What was what was it like?
1: I mean it's uh you know at the house league level, I'm just super excited. I think I'm in the NHL, I don't know any different and <laughs> <laughs> then um you know moving up to house selects, you know, again, Ooh, there's something above this and then um uh when I started playing travel and peewees, it's like, oh, this is a different different level, and um, learned to learn to ride the bench a little bit there, and um, but it kind of gave me a good work ethic because I was a new guy on the team. Everybody else had played together, travel and squirts, and you know, so obviously my skills weren't weren't there, and um, um, you know, I knew that I needed. To work hard if I wanted to play more. So, um, you know, that's what I did. And Now, went to you... every single practice, like, it was a game and went in with that mentality that I needed to work hard and. You know, I don't think I ever became the most skilled player, but I was, you know, no 1 was going to outwork me on the ice.
0: Well, let me ask you, uh, were you always a defenseman? Did you always play? Or did you spend any time up front ever?
1: So I kind of bounced around throughout um, throughout my uh, my career um, started out as a forward. And then um, uh, I think they tried me at defense a little bit in peewees, but I mostly played forward. And then in Bantams, I moved back uh, to defense just because I had a like I was an early, early maturing individual. So I was a little bit bigger and stronger and had a heavy shot that, that they wanted to use from, from the point. And, um, you know, especially being someone who's going to work hard and is strong and maybe didn't have the best hands. They uh, figured D was a better role for me and mostly played there after that.
0: Now, were you a a, a physical guy? Were you a, you know, uh, throw them into the boards, then, you know, go crazy. Or, uh, were you more of a,
2: uh,
0: I guess a finesse guy for lack of a better term, a guy who preferred to just stay home, play the puck, uh, and try to work on the transition, uh, for your team.
1: So I, I think I was somewhat in between. I, you know, I don't think I was ever really like a, someone that was going to deliver a big violent hit or anything like that, but um you know I was never gonna get out worked on the boards and without out mostly on the boards and 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 play that sort of game and um you know my my big hits would really really come if if you messed with my goalie or if uh you messed with any of the little what I considered a littler guy on my team you know like a Kobe Peters type
0: <laughs> oh except in kobe's case he he he'd probably be there and uh want to uh mess with them first
1: (laughs) yeah kobe kobe's antics would uh get get him in trouble sometimes i mean it served us served us well we got countless power plays out of kobe making somebody mad on the other team but uh yeah there's a couple uh, times kobe was go ahead kobe was one of my best buddies growing up together we grew up in the same neighborhood so um um you know, me being bigger, I I did sometimes on the ice. Like, well, Kobe can take care of himself. Maybe not this time. Playing <laughs> thing with Kobe,
0: though, was that he not only would uh, tick off everybody on the other team, there were times where he'd tick off people on his own team. He was just that. He yeah. Was that, um, I'll paraphrase. He was a crap disturber. Uh, yeah. The likes of which I don't. I, I mean, he, he made that an art form. He knew how to get under people's skin really well, and uh, yeah, so
1: playing playing in Fort Wayne, we were pretty you know, I felt like we were pretty tough, but um you know, going into the Cherokee days, um you know, if we're playing a team like Peoria, it's like, well, Kobe, maybe you cool it a little bit,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Kobe I-, I love that kid, yeah, yeah. We, no, yeah, we. I did his podcast uh, a little while ago, and I tell you what, he is such. He's such a great kid. Now he's a. I shouldn't yeah. be a kid. He's a good young man. Uh, every all of you guys <laughs> are kids to me because I'm an old geezer. But uh, still, now when you started going through the ranks there, uh, what did you notice as far as um, the when you decided you wanted to see where this 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 game of hockey would take you um you know when you got as you got older and you were playing more travel when did you decide or where what what was it about it that you decided that hey i want to keep playing i don't want to just like uh i mean a lot of kids you know they'll go play high school and you know rest on their laurels there of their high school memories graduate and just say okay i'm done forget it see ya uh what made you want to go and keep playing playing travel uh and see how far it would take you
1: so i mean as a kid you know you, you everybody's you know dream or whatever is to to play pro you know whether it's in the NHL or if you're some from Fort Wayne you know maybe play for the comets or something like that one day and and um you know obviously you know as a kid travel hockey is probably where you, where you're going to start you got to be one of the best in your town. And, um, um, you know, as you get older, it's the, the the shift becomes, do I play travel or do I play high school? And, um, you know, when they don't let they don't let you do both. And, um, uh, the, the kids that play high school, I think live a little bit more of a social life than, than, than the, um, travel hockey players. Um, you know, some really skilled players, but, um, you know, you you just play a lot more games and you get a lot more ice and really a lot more time to develop your skills playing travel. So, you know, I kind of went that way and then, um, and looking to, you know, take things to the next level. That's when you look at, okay, well, my senior year of high school, we weren't going to have a midget triple A team. So it was either play high school or go play junior. And uh, we kind of had the easy in in Toledo with uh, the players that kind of came before us. So, And um,
0: was that what the that's determining what, factor for you as far as where you were going to play juniors?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't, I went to some of the scouting camps and stuff like that, that you go to in the summer where you just, pay X amount of dollars and play a few games and you know um the I never really got any like phone calls or letters or anything like that. I mean you get some letters but you kinda always wonder what you know am I going to this tryout to try and make the team? Is it just a fundraiser for the team? You kind of wonder about that and you know I you know still being being 17 and in high school, you know, we kind of knew of the Toledo program, so we felt, I felt pretty comfortable going over there. So,
0: well, what other, um, what other places did you go to? What other camps did you go to? Did you go to any NA camps or did you, were you primarily CSHL or?
1: Um, so, this is the only cshl camp that i went to um i may have i don't think i i mean i think it's toledo was really the only like team camp that i went to um you know i it it seemed like that level was probably what was going to be appropriate for me um i don't i don't think my senior year i would have been able to make a uh a NHL level team. Um, So I, I don't think I even really tried. I went to a couple scout camps and then went to the Cherokee camp and made the team.
0: How big of an influence was uh, Larry Herb on you as far as uh, playing in Fort Wayne, but also in getting you to go to Toledo.
1: So Larry, um, and this, this wasn't even just Larry. I think it was just kind of all a mentality of, of Fort Wayne hockey was, um, that our old rink McMillan, we used to have a small, you know, the, the, a small rink where we would have a two hour practice once a week and we would do a lot of like individual skills and in shooting, but, um, you know, where, where you really learned the most was in the scrimmages we would have at the end when we do We do like three on three scrimmages on this tiny little rink, and if you aren't physical, you aren't surviving. (laughs) (laughs) And and you know we learned to be pretty physical at a a young age. But I remember going to those midget AAA practices, and Larry's like, if you if you get somebody if you knock somebody down, I know you can't do this in a game, but you hold them on the ice. You make them earn getting up. So um not that you know, not that we I'd be pounding him in the back of the head. Uh but yeah, you had to earn every inch out there. Um, um but I don't really remember having any conversation with him and before I came over. Um, you know, he you know, I think we Yeah. We may have talked briefly at the end of the season that, you know, there wasn't going to be a triple A team. So kind of what I mentioned earlier is, is you either have some fun and play high school or you go, go, go to junior and play there. I mean, really, it's the junior B level. Toledo was, was really only option that I was considering.
0: Okay. Well, um, well, did you, when you were thinking about coming to toledo and everything how are your folks about all of this i mean i mean i'm sure by this time they probably got used to you being in hockey uh with travel the whole thing. because that's a i mean that's a life that even like just a sport you're passionate about that becomes a lifestyle i mean you schedule your vacations when your parents you schedule your vacations around tournaments uh You know, you you, you do all of those things uh, where your weekends are usually out of town and you're booking rooms with other parents and stuff, getting all everything uh, scheduled for, you know, the whole team and everything. And you do things as families and stuff revolving around your kids hockey. And so it becomes like a lifestyle. Um, What was it like for them? as far as uh, this whole process of seeing you maybe go to toledo
1: so i think they had a you know a lot of trust in me and being able to see you know it's you're kind of sending your kid into the unknown uh as far as just moving in with the family and living there and going to school and you know they they knew that i was an honor student and not gonna put myself in a bad situation so um i still don't know how my mom did it because my the the family that i lived with was not at tryouts or or you know they have you have the tryouts and then you kind of have the game between the top players at the oh, camp yeah the or So they weren't there i think we were supposed to meet the host families that day and they were on vacation and um you know again with having people coming over from fort Wayne the year before chris hoy lived with them the year before so we were able to talk to the hoy's and say oh it's you know it's a good family you're not just
2: yeah living in the middle of nowhere you know (laughs) it's it's
1: nice children of the horn
0: you know
1: yeah yeah you're not going to be living in some crappy basement so (laughs)
2: yeah
1: um but yeah so we didn't we didn't get to meet them you know even though they've got good uh you know a good recommendation from the hoys um the the first day that we met them my mom takes me to meet my host mom and diane rouser the education director Mm -hmm. Uh, so that we can, she can sign over guardianship to these people that she's never met so that I can attend public school over there.
0: Oh man. That, that, that that was probably a really difficult thing to do.
1: Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how, how she did that. So um, that was probably, probably pretty tough for her, but yeah, I just, they signed me over. I was, I mean, I, I, you know, I think in the if you look at the way it's written, it's the temporary guardianship and I had a car and I could drive back to Fort Wayne at any time if 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 I wanted to. to, So
0: still though, that's, that's, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty difficult thing if you're a parent. So, um,
1: yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so so now when you, when you came to Toledo, um, what was that camp like? Tell me what that was like the tryout camp and everything. Uh were you able to uh I mean, knowing some of the kids in there and stuff that had been there the year before that were from Fort Wayne, that probably made the the adjustment the adjustment a lot easier for you going yeah. in.
1: Yeah, so I mean You know, I feel like I was intimidated a bit and in, in the fact that it was a step up uh but at the same time you know not to dog kobe by any means but you know I, I felt like i was just as good of a player as kobe and he played on the team the year before so it's like okay well you know it did give me a, a little bit of freedom to play with confidence at uh it can't. um and um you know funny story was I felt like I hadn't been on the ice all that long. And, um, Tony Tony Pomponio skates up to me and he goes, I got dibs on you. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, all the rookies give messed up haircuts. I'm like, okay, like, well, I got to make the team first. He's like, trust me, I think you're going to make the team. So he goes, he goes, I am calling dibs on you and I get to get, give you your messed up haircut when we do the rookie haircuts. Cause that, you know, I had like long bleach blonde hair at the time and, and I go, well, I'll let you call dibs right now. If you promise to give me something cool, like a mohawk and not, not, uh, you know, give me a mullet or <laughs> something,
0: something bizarre,
1: I guess, I guess mullets are in style now with the kids, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I wanted I wanted something tough like a mohawk, and he's like, "Deal." So,
0: made life. He well, got that, dibs on the head that day. Well, I remember when uh, you know you talk about Larry, Herb, and Cole. I remember when Cole got his hair done. He dyed his hair with uh, leopard spots.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, for
0: his <laughs> that that was Cole in a nutshell. If you wanted to know what Cole Herb yeah. was like, great kid, but uh, he always walked to the beat of his own drum yep you know that's what i remember about him and uh i guess he's in georgia somewhere now uh so last i heard
1: yeah I, I think he's somewhere down south i i I think i bumped into larry a couple years back at you know a comments game or something like that
0: mm-hmm. okay so now we're uh when you first go you first go into that locker room after you make the team um was it nervousness excitement or kind of a combination of the two
1: a, a little bit of both i mean it's you know it, you you're nervous cuz you're the new guy on the team and 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 you don't really know a whole lot of people and you know a lot of them are older than you um, but at the same time you know you had a good camp and excited and just, you know, ready to play hockey.
0: Do you remember your first um, game? Uh,
1: I don't necessarily remember the first game, but I remember just, and I think that I even played it at that all-star game in camp was the, the Cherokee Nation song. <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to this day, if I hear that song, it just cracks me up because it's like, wait, our team has the theme song and I didn't realize it was like actually a song. (laughs) Yeah. That,
0: that was actually it was a hit song back in the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. It was like on the radio. Uh, it, it wasn't a local thing that was national. So it was a, it was a pop song that came out back in the, back in the seventies. And, um, yeah, you know, but, uh, still, you know, it's like, they still use it. And, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of folks, you know, a lot of folks around here, it's they take it to heart, man. That that song means a lot to. Them. Yeah. And so. Um, anyhow, um, so do you remember, uh, I mean, in that early part, of, how long did it take you essentially to get acclimated to the junior level of hockey? Because, I mean, it's probably making the jump to juniors, I would think. It would be, you know, you had to make some adjustments to your own game, whether because of speed, physicality, any of that stuff.
1: Yeah, so um, I think I adjusted pretty quick because the the first year that we had midget AAA, it was, I mean, I, I kind of would always ride this roller coaster of, you know, working my skills up and then kind of playing at another level of competition. Uh, and then kind of going back to the bench and you know being the grocery stick type of guy, and uh, um, so you know, when we had our first year of triple A, I mean, th- these guys you know were like second in the country or something like that the year before, and you know, a lot of older guys, so went back to riding the bench. So i you know, I'm like, hey, I made the team, I'm here, I'm i'll be comfortable in whatever role you know probably not gonna ha- have as many liberties to be on the power play or anything like that but um you know i think i fit right in because i don't remember really sitting out many games i think
0: no it, I, know, don't I, rem- I don't i don't remember you being you know in street clothes very often like
1: uh, you know I, th- I i think i was consistently in the lineup so um But, you know, the kind of welcome to the welcome to junior hockey is kind of when you see guys like Warren Douglas out there fighting or (laughs) Blaskowitz or, you know, big goofy guy like Bobby Mays. Oh, Lord. So, I mean, you just, you know, or, or, you know. Surprisingly, you know, seeing Cole Herb fight, you know, it's just. Oh, I mean. To, to look at the guy, he doesn't, he would never look like someone that, that would give you any trouble in a fight. But I mean, he just had these big white hands that he just,
0: those were heavy. Put into hands. Your head, and,
1: oh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Those things, I mean, so, he hurt people when he hit them. He hurt them. Yeah.
1: So, um, it's just kind of like, oh, I'm probably going to have to do that. I mean, I'd fought a couple times before, but you know. That's me being fifteen, sixteen, fighting somebody my own age. <laughs> seventeen, I could be fighting somebody that's twenty.
0: <laughs> uh, oops. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So it's like um, you're
0: seventeen years old, and you might have to go up against somebody that could be tried as an adult. Not never a good. Yeah. Night. So
1: um, that my my first fight, I remember was um, we were playing Peoria at home. Yeah. at Monroe because that was the year that we played at Monroe yeah and um i I think we had i mean we had a few goalies that year we had um we had Kevin mims who was a buddy of mine mm-hmm. um, from from one of the Dakotas um, but I don't think he was i th- I think we randomly got some guy in the middle of the year and he was kind of a kind of a head case, and he, uh, I mean, he was not shy about mixing it up with the other team's forwards, and he kind of shoved somebody, and then there was kind of a little bit of a line brawl that started to break out, and uh, I look over on the boards, and their biggest, toughest guy had, like, it was either Larry Willard or Kelly Kester in a headlock. I mean two littler guys and I'm like, oh crap. I gotta go help these guys. <laughs> so I I skate over there and uh you know my intention is to just tie this guy up. I don't want any business fighting him. Next thing I know, his gloves are off. My helmet's off. I don't know how his helmet got off. I don't know if he took it off or or what, but so I'm like, uh oh, well I gotta do something. So I only dropped one glove. I delivered, you know, like I delivered like the first three or four punches of the fight. And I'm like, oh well, this is going okay. And I reach back for one more and I just see like hate in this guy's eyes. And I mean, it's like a big six, four, two twenty type of guy. I'm I'm like five eleven, you know, one eighty. And uh so he starts he starts feeding me a little bit and and I still have the VHS of that game somewhere where where you're given the commentary and the camera shifts off of the fight for a second and that's while he's landing his punches and then it comes back when I give him the takedown so like the whole fight it's you just see me land a few the camera goes away and it comes back and then I take him down and you're going bananas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I, 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 so, I
1: mean, it looks like I completely dominated that fight, but it was just pretty even. And I, and I hey. got to take down before, before, uh, he, you know, I was about to get in a bad spot and catch some uppercuts.
0: <laughs> hey, as far as anyone knows, you did the tape doesn't lie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um, the really cool thing about that fight though, is, um, you know, I don't think I had done much that game and we were down six to three or something like that. We were down, we were down by at least three. And, uh, I, they take me into the locker room because it was within the last five minutes of the game. So they toss you if, if it's within the last five. And so I'm in the locker room, you know, getting, getting undressed with, you know, a couple of the other guys that got tossed, and we just hear cheering, and then we hear more cheering, and then we hear more cheering, and we think there's more fights going on. You know, little do we know, we come out, we peek out of the locker room, all of a sudden it's tied six to six, and we won seven to six.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, those are the best, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are the so, best. So I mean, it. it I, I think the boys got motivated and we just took it to him in that last 5 minutes of that game.
0: So, let me ask you, um tell me about what you remember about some of those crazy characters that you played with. I mean, you brought up some names. I mean, Warren Douglas. Oh my god. I remember Warren was probably one of the nicest guys to me and yeah, he, he fought, he played. He played most of the, his time the latter part of that season. I remember he played and fought because he loved to fight, but he yeah. played and he fought with a broken hand. He had a broken yeah, hand I don't doubt in, that. <laughs> and he, he did not, uh, he did not stop playing. He didn't step out of the lineup until he couldn't. I mean, I think until he couldn't shoot anymore. Cause he just, he did not, he was a big boy. He's from Saskatchewan. And, yep. uh, and, uh, he did not want to, uh, come out of the lineup and just, uh, I remember his hand just looked like uh, just like this big, wide piece of raw meat. That's what it just looked like that. And uh, I remember his dad would come in every now and then. And his dad knew I was uh, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan. So he yeah. brought me a little fan kit of uh, stuff from <laughs> of the of the riders. that he brought. And he said Very to cool. me, some of that stuff I still have to this day. I never got rid of, you know, a mouse pad and, and uh, a bumper sticker. And I think he even got me a, 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 what do you call one of those air freshener things for your car? Uh, Just, (laughs) uh, just, I mean, great, great, great guys, dad, you know, he'd sit there and I'd be heading to the bathroom. He'd be heading outside to fire up a smoke, you know, and we'd (laughs) just sit there and, you know, we'd talk and uh, he just, like I said, I just really, and, and Warren, we'd be on the bus rides and stuff. And Warren was just great to talk to. He was hilarious. He was a goofball. Yep.
1: Yeah. I I remember that the first time I saw him fight, I mean, he, I think he went in and it's just, his hands were at his waist. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, he's going to get destroyed. I'm like almost laughing on the bench. And then like, they go to tie up and he just like two punches and knocks a kid down. I'm like, Oh, (laughs) This guy um, does know what he's doing.
0: Now, uh, you know, the, th- the 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 bummer part, you missed then, if you played just in Monroe, uh, the time when we were in Sylvan- the year before, we were in Sylvania at Tam O'Shanner, and uh, Tony Pomponio gets into a fight with a kid from Columbus. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy was the quote-unquote uh, heavyweight champ of the CSHL. And he was like 20 years old. He was an overager. And Tony was uh, at the time he was 15. He hadn't turned 16 yet. And so Omi is, if he would have had any hair at the time, he would have pulled it out. And uh, <laughs> just was like, "Don't fight, don't fight." Well, you know, Tony's not necessary was not necessarily one of those that was apt to listen. And uh, yeah just throws the gloves down, they go, get ready to go. It was a one-punch fight. Tony drops him, breaks his orbital bone, his cheekbone, I think his nose, and the kid was knocked unconscious with the one shot, and he collapses onto the ice, lands on his wrist, and breaks his wrist. All of that with
1: yeah, one shot. Tony, Tony was one of those, I mean, I, I feel like we had a lot of, I mean, I say we, I, you know, you didn't play that year that you did that, but I think we had like a lot of like sneaky tough guys that didn't necessarily look imposing, but yeah, uh, you didn't really want to mess with.
0: Hello, Cole Herb. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yep.
1: Yep. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, and same thing with Tony Pomponio because he wasn't a big guy. He was a strong. I mean, as a, as a human well, being, he was a thin, uh, wiry guy. He wasn't a like a big like a six five two twenty. You know, he, he was, I think maybe five, five, nine, maybe. And yeah, uh, he
1: wasn't tall, but he would, uh, you didn't want to be in on the tracks when he was coming through. So that's for sure.
0: No, he was, I think maybe a buck 40, buck 45. And uh, for a defenseman, that's not, that's not big. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but, uh, it's, it's funny how you see some guys like that, that they just, they don't look imposing but hello you yeah. know and then uh now I'm trying to remember was your year it was either you, that year or the year i just i just remember it might have been that year was that the year that we finally got off the schneid with Peoria and beat them in the playoffs
1: uh i, I... I think that may have been the year before I was listening to the your your episode with Kobe Peters earlier, and and I and I don't think I was a part of that. Um, I, okay. I, we had a real strong team that year, but I think we played like Metro or Wayne. We were like we were hot, and we were one of the better teams in the league, and we hot coming into playoffs, and then just stunk it up and got knocked out early so um okay. what I year, don't what year did that.
2: you play
0: what year was that Oh, two oh three. Oh, two oh three. okay um yeah because i remember metro the year before that won the national championship then because that was uh the year that they were coached by john cooper from the lightning
2: yeah yeah <clears throat> so, yeah
1: so
0: yep and, um But, um, I don't
1: think, or maybe, maybe it was, I don't know. I, I think, so I'm a big lightning fan. Now. I lived in, in Tampa two years out of my first two years out of dental school. And, uh, uh, he's a coach down there now. And, um, I, they were talking about his path to the NHL and I, I think I did the math and he was coaching in. uh, in the CSHL when I was when I played there, so
0: yeah. Well, that was oh one oh two because in two thousand two they were national champs.
1: Okay, so then that may have been the the, the year following. Mm-hmm. We got we got beat by somebody that I just remember we should have we should have won. And
0: um, I'm wondering if that was maybe uh, if that was uh,
1: the Wayne Wheels. I I think it was because I. I I think I remember that we played them earlier and we played them early in the season and we like spanked them. And, um, and then I don't know if we took him lightly or what, but they,
0: uh, well, I'll tell you what happened was they got their uh, They traded for uh, Brett Reeves. He was the goalie and he, stood okay. on, he stood on his head and we couldn't get nothing by him. I mean, yeah, he
1: was, he was solid. I played with him in Fort Wayne prior to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Brett was, uh, he was, I mean, we got so mad that I think uh, Omi went out and got him the next year to play, <laughs> to play for us. I mean, he was, he, that, I mean, he just, that was one of the best individual efforts I ever seen of a goalie literally winning a series by himself yeah i mean it was insane the way he played that that series and uh just uh was unconscious and uh and, and won it for you know won that series and uh anyhow um i just i was trying to remember to some of the because being in monroe that was just weird cuz we used to I remember we would go to um the adults we would all go to um we would all go to the rink do have the game and everything and then when we were done there was nowhere to go get a beer right at the rink so we would go down the road to um, oh gosh what was the name of that place it was right on the water there uh they had boats parked there and everything and I can't remember the <laughs> name of it Oh, it's going to bug me now. I drive by it every now and then now. Um, anyway, we'd go there and they had these like wafer thin pizzas and, and we'd just drink uh cold, cold ginger ales and just, uh, you know, just uh,
2: talk. <laughs> <about the laughs> trying to
0: get, get, oh man. That's going to bug me now. I can't remember. But um, anyway, um, the, uh, we would go there and have a few pops. But the thing I remember too, especially about, it, it, it weird is it I, I remember bits and pieces about different things and different people I remember your mom on the road trips because yep. <laughs> it was her and um, Larry Herb and his wife because uh, what would happen is on the road after you, we, they did bed checks for every all the team they would come usually to my room because I stayed by myself <laughs> And so they could bring all the adult beverages and everything into the room and they would all, we'd all sit in there and your, her mom, your mom's name was Tessa, wasn't it? Teresa. Teresa. Close. Um, uh, but, um, and then I, I remember, um, oh, what was her name? May she rest in peace. Uh, Kobe's mom. Um, Jean. Um, yep. That's it. That's it. And, uh, or uh, you know, I, and I, the thing I remember was they would, whenever they'd come on road trips, um, oh gosh, trying to think, oh my God, they would have, they would just be a riot. I mean, a riot.
1: So my, my mom is the more outgoing of, of my mom and dad. And, um, you know, it's, it's easy to get her excited. So, Surely Larry could get her riled up. uh,
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: No question about it. And they would get going, and especially after if you got a few pops in them. Oh, man, forget it. Yeah, yeah. They were hilarious. But um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, you know, the other thing I remember, too, was uh, Kobe's dad. That's who I was thinking of, rest in peace. Um, He he would bring the egg. Yep. He wrote that. I
1: I remember the egg.
0: (laughs) That thing was. I mean, that little white uh, uh, trailer. Oh my gosh! And that he would sleep in there, and then uh, the next day in the morning before checkout, he would run into somebody's room and grab a shower and do whatever, get all fixed (laughs) up, and get ready for the day. And uh, oh my gosh, those were. Those, I mean, like I said, all those things I remember a little bit about, and those were the those that's what those are great times, man. Those were the best, and I remember how much fun everybody had because that was a really tight knit group, not just on the the ice, but the but the parents. Yeah, You, you know, and it would be hilarious, and we'd all be sitting there having a couple pops and just talking about the game or talking about whatever, and. I mean, there were times, I'm not kidding, I was young back then, so it's like, I, you would have thought, okay, you know, I'll stay up, I mean, there were times where it got to the point where I wanted to go to sleep, and I got, that's that's the
1: problem with having the party in your room,
0: (laughs) exactly, is that there, is that I'm sitting there, like, ready to keel over, and these guys are all going strong, and they're all older, about my age or older, and, (laughs) and I'm sitting there going, oh, come on. You know, you got to wake up and, you know, it's like we would just, yeah. <laughs> but they would, they would do, They th- those guys were professionals when it came to, to having a good time, you know, and I remember. Yeah, I moment. remember on the road
1: we would, um, you know, the, the cool thing about Fort Wayne is it's, it was pretty central to a lot of the places that we played. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, looking at Peoria and St. Louis and Um, a couple of teams in Ohio and, um, you know, not too far from the teams in Detroit. Uh, so they were able to make it to most of the games and, you know, they would always have, uh, on the road, they'd have, uh, you know, a sandwich in their cooler for me or something like that. And, um, so I'd go in their room and, and hang out with them for a little bit, have a sandwich, talk to them. And before they'd, I'd have to go to my room and they'd, uh, go over to your room for a few pops after that. But um, my two kind of best buddies on the team ended up being uh, PJ Pinkerton and Todd Miola. Oh yeah. And uh, so it, it, with PJ being from uh, Oklahoma and uh, Todd being from New York, their parents wouldn't make it to many games. And so my mom kind of be became their, their pseudo mom. So like in the hotels, like they started packing sandwiches for Todd and BJ too.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. That's funny. I remember pink real well. He was just, he was, yeah. you could tell he was, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't from, from around these parts. He, 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 was, yeah. he was definitely an Oklahoma kid. And then Todd Miola, I remember him. not only there we got along great we you know even now you know um i remember uh because he after hockey he went on to work at uh the health system that i worked at at the hospital i worked at Uh uh he worked there for quite some time and then he moved to another hospital i think within the system and i don't know if he's still there or not but i think he might be anyway um the thing I remember about him too was they used to make fun of him. Um, they used to call him what was it like glass cutter or something like that? Because, <laughs> um, uh, maybe because, I because of uh, <laughs> yeah, they said he could cut. Uh, they could cut uh, paint a pane of glass with his uh, with his chest. The,
1: uh, that's probably the case because we um, the year that I played there me and Todd and PJ, after every single practice, we would just, we didn't have a team gym or anything. So they got us a membership at the powerhouse gym in Monroe. And we would just, we'd go to practice and then we'd go over and lift weights. And then me, um, PJ lived a little bit closer to Monroe, but he, he went to Bedford with us, but Todd essentially lived like across the street. So Todd and I would drive, drive to and from together, but yeah, we'd uh lift lift a lot of weights, and I think he continued to do that, and probably uh, wore some tight shirts along the way.
0: Yeah, one or two, but yeah, they 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 used to make fun of him about that, and uh, it's you know I was thinking about too. Um, oh gosh, because he got into bodybuilding after he yep. after he left hockey. He got into bodybuilding and he was just this short little tank when, uh, when I ran into him at the hospital, he would be, I mean, he got all, he went all in on it and yeah. he was, he was just a muscular short. I mean, he was only like about like five, six, maybe.
1: Yeah. He, he was, he was not a tall guy, but um, uh, he could put a, he could put up a lot of weight in the gym. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, he uh, he got into all of that stuff, and uh, you know, like I said, great guys. You know, like I got to know him a little bit after, and uh, we became friends. I mean, it was always good to see him, and we'd talk and mess around and stuff. You know, he was always just like I said, a really nice guy. And uh, yeah,
1: but now he, he was. A, go ahead. He's he's a great guy. He, me, him, and PJ hung out like all the time.
0: Now. Do you ever see do you ever keep in touch with any of those guys anymore any of the guys that you played hockey with
1: so with Facebook, you know you connect with someone and you see a picture here and there um, but uh, uh uh not consistently i I see Kyle Kleinschmidt from time to time him and I play in the same adult league on Sundays, so we'll bump into each other on opposite teams here and there so
0: you ever try giving him a little dig or a little elbow here and there when uh when he tries to uh come down the ice or anything
1: (laughs) i i i don't want to get beat by him that's for sure i don't want to i don't want to have him having the cherokee bragging rights (laughs)
0: that's right that's right so now um do you uh so now you played your year in toledo and also before i forget what? tell me about what it was like uh playing for coach.
1: So he was he was great. Um you know, I don't uh we had both the Omies that year. Yep. So um Todd you know, Todd was kind of the head coach, disciplinarian, but Kevin would go out and he'd you know, we'd get to if you got to the ice early and no one was on before we got there, we'd go out and play shinny and Kevin would be out there mixing it up with us and you know, taking sticks into the shins and stuff yeah. like that. Nah, that's Kevin. Yeah. Um, um, so, uh, you know, Todd was, I mean, I just think his personality was just like a lot of the coaches I had had before. So, I mean, um you know, then you had the 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 D coach that'll scream at you and Baker oh, yeah. <laughs> on the back end. So um yeah, so Todd Todd's a great guy and I, I bumped into him since Fort Wayne has our own team now. Um I made it a point to go go see um the the Cherokee and Spaceman game uh uh this past spring like one of the last games of the year
0: well, I hope it's not your last one cuz like I said we uh it's always good to keep in touch with uh with uh, some of the some of the folks that are part of the organization now what happened to uh to you after the Cherokee
1: so um i was kind of at a crossroads of you know what do i want to do do i want to try and further my hockey career or do i want to go to school um i knew academically i wanted to be a a dentist but i didn't know if you know the hockey thing would pan out if i could make it to the pro ranks or anything and um you know it was kind of a long year away from home and uh i was a little bit on the burnout side and then i tried out for um the the um Uh, the ice diggers and the coach said, Hey, you know, I like you, but your problem is that you're not big enough to be a real big guy in this league, but you're not, you know, little enough and have the best hands to be a finesse guy in this league. So you kind of fall somewhere in between. So you just like, you'll probably play most of the year and for the Cherokee and, um, you know, maybe we call you up for a couple of games. And I'm like, well, you know, if I'm just going to stay at the same level, it's probably a long path towards pro, which it doesn't have any guarantees. And uh, I knew I wanted to be a dentist and that's kind of a long road, road as it is. So I figured I'd only take one long road as opposed to taking two. <laughs> So I, um, at that point I, I quit hockey. I just went to IU and it's like, just going to be a regular student. And, um, IU has a club team and uh, about three quarters of the way through the first semester, i say, okay, well, say to the girl I was dating at the time, say, yeah, I used to play hockey. Let's go check out an IU hockey game. And I mean, it was, mean it was cshl hockey all the way so um um so got a kick out of that and you know like a week later i'm going over to the um to the dining hall at my dorm and it's getting to be cold outside and my my winter coat that i had was a toledo cherokee coat and um guy flags me down it's someone that played on the hockey team he's like oh i played for cincinnati last year uh you know you should you know it's like yeah i I just figured i was done playing he's told me that they just had you know a couple guys that got kicked off the team for one reason or another and uh i'm like oh so i emailed the coach and it's like hey you know can i maybe practice with you and try out next year and like, yeah we lost a couple of guys so if you want to come to a practice and uh, uh, you can kind of consider that a tryout and so ten minutes into practice he said, hey how would you like to play against purdue this weekend
0: <laughs> wow that's called making it that's called making an impact oh. yeah
1: yeah so I mean it was I mean it was junior b hockey so it was I mean we had that guy who played for Cincinnati or I think he played for Cincinnati and Cleveland or something like that um, we had a couple guys that played in st. Louis um, over the years um, so it was it was junior B hockey for sure
0: <laughs> okay. and, they, and we
1: and even though even though it's not welcome in the college game we had some of the same, same fights and Beautiful. all that stuff
0: Ah. Uh. So you, you didn't you didn't miss a beat. So so how long did yeah. you play at IU?
1: So I played until the uh uh oh six, oh seven year. So I played like three and a half years. Awesome.
0: Okay. And so and-
1: our 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 first three years we, we made it to the national championships and then um the year after I was done they uh, I was still in Bloomington but the the team uh finished second in the country so we had some good years down there at, at IU.
0: Hey. Well, you know, someone's got to over there, man. It wasn't like the football team was doing anything back then. But uh no, for sure. <laughs> you know, that was, that was that was that was tough. But tell you what, that their sports teams are getting better. They really are. Uh their their, yeah. their football team has gotten a lot better. Their basketball team, I mean you can't just rest on the laurels of when Bobby Knight was coach. You got to have, you know, more current stuff and their, their basketball team is definitely, definitely a team to watch. Um, Yeah. Now. uh, So you, you finish your degree there at IU. Uh, Where does, where do, where does it take you next?
1: So um, after IU, I, uh, I did a master's program. I got a master's in biology. Um, you know, dentistry is a very, uh, it's, it's very competitive getting into dental school. So, um, I wanted to boost my credentials a little bit and did my master's program. And then the way you apply, you apply, you know, essentially like a year in advance. So, um, I had a year off where I just kind of worked and lived in Indy before I went to dental school. And, um, yeah. So lived in Indy and then did four years of dental school and a couple, the- couple of years in Tampa, straight out of dental school. And then back, moved back to Fort Wayne after having a kid and have two now.
0: Well, that's awesome. Um Now, when you were in Florida, I mean, it was it, you just wanted to change or, or. Uh-
1: y- yeah. My, my brother, my brother lives in Miami. So like, you know, it was kind of always like a cool thing for us. We'd go down on spring break every year we'd go to Florida and you know, like how cool would it be to live here? And he was doing that. So I, um, was like, wasn't too tied to anything in Indiana at the time. And, uh, except for, you know, the girl I was dating, but she wanted to go with me. So, um, we moved down to Tampa and, you know, lived right across from Emily Arena, which was pretty sweet. And um, we we had our first son while we were down there, and um, you know, raising raising a family away from your family is kind of tough. So uh, we wanted to move back and be closer to my parents and closer to all my nieces and nephews on her side and all that, which are all kind of in the Midwest. So
0: I was going to say it's family. That's all. I yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's family. Um, so, yeah. um, uh, so now you, you hang out, you hang out your, your, uh, your hat there to be a dental guy. Do you, uh, be a dentist? Do you, have, do you work on a lot of hockey guys now as a dentist? <laughs> uh,
1: so I've, I've only, I've only seen a couple, uh, you know, one or two hockey trauma cases, but, uh, um that's not not the bread and butter (laughs) of of my practice oh
0: there you go well um i tell you this has been really a lot of fun uh talking to you about all this stuff now before we wind her up i want to ask you um who would you say probably was the biggest impact on you on the ice and who was the biggest impact in your world off the ice
1: um off the ice i mean for sure my dad i mean just my dad and his dad are just both people of real high character and you know kind of always taught me to do the right thing and work hard and be honest and all that all that good stuff um i mean but really on the ice um know, i almost think it was probably my bantam coach dave um he, you know, again, being just kind of a younger guy, being very relatable to us teenagers. And, you know, he was the first person that, you know, put a, or probably, I guess, the only person that put a letter on my jersey as far as, you know, captain or alternate goes. Um, so, I mean, you know, and he was really the the person that kind of taught me that you you can have all the skills you want, but you really need to be a student of the game. And you need to, um, you know, when you, you don't necessarily realize when you're a teenager that when you're watching a game, you're not, you know, if you want to make it to the next level, you you don't want to just watch it for entertainment value. You want to be looking at, you know, what are these guys doing? What are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? Uh, what can I take from this and apply to my game? So, I mean, he was really kind of the one that, taught me that on the ice. And, um, you know, like I've said a couple of times, I don't think I was ever the best skilled individual, but, um, you know, working hard and, uh, uh, being smart was kind of got me, got me to junior club hockey.
0: Well, I mean, to be honest, what I do remember about you as a defenseman and when you played in Toledo was I always steady Eddie, you weren't, yeah. you weren't the guy, let's put it this way. There are always guys that you notice when they take chances and they blow it and they go down in flames. You weren't one of those guys. I, I would hear, I would hear guys, you know, parents or whoever complain about this guy or that guy or whatever, whatever, you know, that guy had a great game. He was awesome. Or that guy, he, he, he blew a tire and he just was not that good today. You know, it was always either yeah. or one. I never heard people complain about you, so that tells. And when they don't notice your mistakes or your shortcomings or any of that stuff, that tells me you're doing your job. And the fact yeah, that um, you were able to do that.
1: I I had a buddy once tell me that you know he's like, "Hey, I didn't even notice you out there." And I'm like, "Well, I play defense, so sometimes it's a pretty good thing, I guess." <laughs> it,
0: well, it is. It's because. Again, it's one of those things when you're the the hot shot and all that stuff. OK, fine and dandy. But yeah. when you're not and you're, uh, you know, you're just they always notice you when you blow it or you make a mistake or you screw up. Oh, they see you. You're up. Your name's in lights. Trust me. But yours wasn't. Yeah. You were the steady Eddie guy. You were the guy that you made the right play at the right time. It wasn't you weren't flashy. But you didn't need to be. That's what the, that was the good thing about you was that you weren't flashy. You were just you did your job. You did it well, and you moved on. I mean that yep. you know I I can't think of a better compliment than to say that is Thank because you. you like I said you were just a guy who you did you went in there you did yeoman's work you worked hard, got you got the job done, and after that it was like okay, you know it wasn't hey look at me. You're, you know, you were always a guy that was just saying, let's just, let's work. And that's, that's why I think think that's why so many people really uh, liked, liked you. I mean, you were just a good guy, you know, and the fact that you worked hard, it just, it just pretty much cements who you have always been, you know? So now I want to ask you a couple things here before we're done. And that is number one. uh, Now, how old are your kids?
1: uh the oldest is five and and the uh youngest is just about a year and a half
0: okay boys or girls or both
1: two boys so
0: now that leads to my next question you ever see yourself maybe giving back to the game by getting behind the bench and coaching
1: yeah so um my my five-year-old's kind of finishing his learn to skate stuff right now and getting into the hockey basics and um I bump into a few people f- from time to time that, uh, uh that I played with the kids that are playing and, um, we'll be, we'll be getting out the, uh, USA hockey registration website soon and put my name down as a coach and kind of helping out with that. You know, I don't, I didn't necessarily want to jump into it too quick with my kids just because I don't want them. To, to feel that they're only playing this game because it's a game that I love, but uh, you know, so yeah, I kind of want someone else pushing them a little bit, and then if they want to pursue it, um, we'll uh, we'll help them with it.
0: Yeah, but you got to remember too, daddy's influence. There's yeah. no, at at the, at those ages, especially as they're starting to get a little older. Your influence on them is going to be unbelievable, okay so if they see that you love hockey, they're gonna love hockey you know, and that that's just it in a nutshell um but uh the uh, the other thing i always end uh I always end each podcast with this, and that is uh what would you like to say to Cherokee Nation that tune in and listen to this crazy thing?
1: Uh, well, thanks for listening and thanks for, for having me. I mean, even though it was just for a year, um, I mean, it was a big, uh, I mean, it was a big part of my life as a 17 year old senior in high school. Um, um, it, it was very cool. And I always feel like I'm part of the Cherokee family. Uh, it, it was funny when I went to watch that spaceman game, uh, it was the spaceman and, and the Cherokee were playing. I, you know, get myself a pop, and I sit up on the glass, and um, there's a lady that's next to me, and she's like, "So who are you rooting for?" And I said, "Well, it's kind of a difficult question, you know like i i've I've root for the Cherokee because it's the team I played for, but I'm from here, and I've got a couple buddies that are coaching, so I'm just gonna kind of enjoy the game and she she was like all insulted that I wasn't rooting for the Fort Wayne team, but
0: uh, well, that's kind of. I mean, let's be honest. The Fort Wayne Toledo rivalry knows no bounds, you know. Yeah. And, so. and, here, and here you are. You got to play Switzerland, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm caught in the middle. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna watch the game and have a good time.
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's funny, you know, because like I said, the 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 Toledo Fort Wayne uh, rivalry is so, and you know, now that both teams are in the ECHL. Uh, it's 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 gonna be revived again it's gonna uh, hopefully thrive and uh, that just means uh, more road trips and I hope that when whatever normal gets back to uh, that we're gonna our goal is to have another reunion here and that'd be great yeah I hope that we'll be able to see you there because you you know you only played I know people here uh John that they have only been. They were only part of the the team for like a few games, and but they're they left their mark and they felt a part of it and they were made to feel a yeah. part of it and that's why they loved it in Toledo, is because of how they were embraced, you know, and yeah. and feeling as part. I mean, I can, you know, I, I I there's just so many different guys that I remember who they didn't have. Like it just didn't work out for him in Toledo, but they made friends that will last a lifetime. You know, they met a couple of guys yes, for that, sure. that they've hung out with or, you know, any of that, that um, it, it, it just, it's, it, I always say hockey's a tie that binds, you know, and it keeps all of us, you know, intertwined no matter what. And, you know, like I said, I, I thought, I always thought, I thought the world of you then. I thought I still think the world of you now you know? So um, well, thank you. I, I hope that, uh, like I said, I hope that when we have that, because that's the goal, we want to do that where you come back. I mean, if you want to play in a re in a alumni game, we're, we'll probably have one of those two, but my goal pretty much is just to have everybody come back, go watch a Cherokee game, have a few pops, tell tall tales and laugh ourselves silly. That's, that's. Yeah. that's the I'd, big
1: I'd, I've driven through Toledo a couple of times over the last couple of years. And, uh, never really stopped much but uh i definitely want to get back and check out a game and
0: well the door's always open and you're always welcome there because uh going well, to the ice house it's uh it's a it's a great place to, uh for for them to play and it's loud and noisy in there and so it, it's it'll be a good time all right brother well,
2: well hey thank you so much this.
0: thank you man i appreciate you doing this with me But uh, that is uh, episode 104 of the Cherokee Rewind. My thanks to the good Dr. Jonathan Hale here. uh, He has been kind enough to hang out with us here for this. Don't forget, you can subscribe. And anytime a new episode drops, all all you got to do is subscribe. And when it drops, it'll let you know. It'll notify you. So for John, I'm Mick. Thank you, next. Thank you very kindly.
2: And we'll catch you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.